fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? sharing what we share with you evidence you can trust on energetic health radio and in our articles this week in covid now folks you can find these exclusively on the america out loud network and we are just so honored to be in partnership with malcolm out loud and all the great work that he and all of our co-authors and co-presenters are doing on their shows on this platform informing america and making sure we're always doing it out loud. Ready for another great show? (laughs) Great. Let's go to work. Our question of the day, how much abuse do we have to take to have our freedom acknowledged? You see, folks, I'm not here to ask for my freedom. I never gave my freedom away. I'm not here to beg for my freedom because that's beneath me and I will not do it. I'm here to demand that my freedom be acknowledged by the people that we pay to govern. That's right. This relationship is so incredibly broken between us, the people, and the people in government that think they have a right to tell us what to do. This is backwards. We're the ones that write the checks. When they say the U.S. government spent X amount of money on this, when they say your state government spent X amount of money on this, that's our tax dollars that they're spending. That's our money. We're the ones that sign their checks, but they think that they have the right to tell us what to do. And it's just gotten to a point of absolute disgust. We're arguing over masks now. Masks that we have after two years, no randomized clinical trials funded by us via the CDC or the NIH or any of these other groups, yet they keep claiming that they work to reduce the infective spread. No, they don't. Every study that has been done shows that they are minimally effective, under 1% effectiveness at best to reduce the infective spread. These are medical devices that don't work, but we're arguing over taking them off of our kids when our kids have a 99.99% recovery rate. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that certain states, because of the polling and the unpopularity of masks, have just decided to drop them. They say the science changed. No, the science never changed. There never was any science to support masking of healthy people to begin with. We're going to talk about that today. But I got to tell you, something that's very concerning for me is what's going on in Canada right now, seeing the leaders, the organizers of a peaceful protest being arrested. And the world not shouting Trudeau down for this. This is a gross abuse of power and something that we cannot allow stand because that's how Hitler came to power in Nazi Germany. Folks, on today's show, we're joined by uh, organ 
attorney, Stephen Jonkis, who is credited, and I quote, as saying, hi, my name is Stephen Jonkis, and I'm suing Governor Kate Brown. It was a great opening line. He's from Boring, Oregon. He grew up in Connecticut. Uh, he's worked as a shuttle mission simulator manager for a number of years, and then he went and got his law degree at the University of Houston and then started working in the Pacific Northwest as a um, patent attorney for a major intellectual property firm and then struck out on his own in 2015 and has turned his interest now to civil rights because that's what's going on right now. Our civil rights are being violated left and right. So we're really excited to have him on today and uh, to have him share with us what he's doing um, as an attorney to fight on behalf of freedom and on behalf of the people. And uh, we'll be right back with Stephen Jonkis right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Ready to take control of your health? At EHI, we'll help you tap into the power you already possess, heal what hurts as you learn organic, evidence-based nutrition, botanical medicine, Eastern energetics, Western science, and so much more. Learn what every doctor should know, learn from people who really care, and love what you'll learn for a lifetime. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and bring the joy of energetic health into your life. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. It's time to rethink COVID disinfection. A study by Harvard, Drexel, and Virginia Tech concluded, we don't have a single documented case of COVID transmission through surfaces. The reality is that COVID spreads mainly through the air. Shared air is the problem, not shared surfaces. The solution is the Genesis Fogger, which uses natural HOCL to disinfect both air and surfaces simultaneously. It's perfect for home or business. NIH says HOCL may well be the disinfectant of choice for coronaviruses. There's nothing more natural or more effective. Genesis fogs at the precise particle size to combat COVID and other harmful pathogens. It's what's missing from your disinfecting protocol. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com outloud. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Well, today we are joined by special guest Stephen Jonkis, Oregon attorney who's fighting for us and for our freedom, especially for our kids. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thanks for being here with us. Now, you're doing some very interesting stuff in Oregon, and we're going to get into all of it. But I want to kind of break it down for the audience a little bit at a time, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is you're making an argument that uh, that masks should be taken off. And we see that as a result of the work you've been doing and other people have been doing that the pressure has finally gotten on um, Governor Kate Brown in, in Oregon. And she's, as of what is it, February 7th, decided to start putting a timeline in place to remove the masks off of kids. Am I right with that? Did I read that right? Yeah, they say by March 31st, they're going to lift the mask mandate in Oregon. We'll, so by we'll March 31st, doing. right. Yeah. So, so they're giving themselves essentially a month and a half 
to, yeah. to, to figure out how to walk themselves back off of this. Right. Okay. Well, um, I find that very interesting because every place else is removing masks within the week. Right. Yeah. You know, right. So that, that's very curious. So, you know, a lot of this has been based upon lies. So in your opinion, what are the two lies that masking is based upon? Well, the very basic one that, that people don't talk about much, but it's, it's, bas- it's fundamental to this question, is um, the lie that you can transmit COVID-19 asymptomatically, mm-hmm. that, a, that a healthy person can uh, transmit, uh, make another person sick. Mm-hmm. Um, that never in the history of medicine has there been a disease that could be transmitted asymptomatically. Correct. That's that's and COVID is no different. Mm-hmm. So that's that is a huge lie. That was well understood prior to this uh, COVID um, virus, um, but they needed to scare people. Um, right. And uh, it certainly scared people. And I remember having conversations with with people on local uh, you know chats. Um, saying I, I'm smart and I know that that uh, I can make you sick even though I'm not sick. I understand that. Well, they were fed that information. They were fed it a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's insidious. It's insidious because um, if you can infect somebody else with the disease when you have no symptoms, that means you can never be healthy. There's right. no such thing as being healthy. Mm-hmm. Which gives the government excuses to come in and intervene uh, whenever it pleases to mm-hmm. to uh, um, put ever whatever restrictions on you that it wishes. Um, uh, so there, besides it was being well known, there was also a a study done in Wuhan, China, of ten million people mm-hmm. where they did contract contact tracing. And there was not a single, not a single instance of asymptomatic spread among those 10 million people, um, which is which is saying a lot, which proves which proves the thesis. Um, so that's if 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 you can't spread a disease when you're healthy, then there's no reason to take a medical intervention. Whether masks work or not, there's no reason to take a medical intervention. There's no reason ever to put a mask on a healthy person. So that's that's really the first lie and the big lie. And 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 most people don't even think about that. They, they think about the second lie, which is whether masks work or not. And and uh, uh, it was well also well known prior to this uh, disease that that masks could not spread stop the spread of viruses mm-hmm. that's not why doctors wear masks in hospitals they don't wear masks to stop the spread of viruses they wear masks to prevent uh having fluid splashed on them or then sneezing fluid on somebody else um but they know they knew um and they're taught that viruses are much smaller and can go right through a mask so if a doctor is sick with um a virus, he stays home. He doesn't go to the office and operate on, you know, work with patients and hope, hope mm-hmm. that the mask will protect them. He knows it won't. So, the, uh, and that's for, you know, medical masks um, and the costs that, that uh, 
are uh, required for people to wear are even worse um, um, in terms of, of re reducing or having any capacity to reduce the spread of infection. Um, and then there's all sorts of downsides, uh, psychological downsides, uh, which, which is really dangerous for children. It's health, bad. It's not healthy for people to be wearing these things on their faces. Right. Um, so it, none of this, none of this is about health. Um, so the entire thing has been made up for a different reason, unrelated to keeping us healthy. Well, let, let me back you up right here as well, because uh, anybody who's going to mention the Wuhan study is a friend of mine, right off the bat. <laughs> the Wuhan study is a peer-reviewed study. It was published in, I believe, November of 2020. We've known this for a long time. There were almost 10 million participants in the study. It's the largest study conducted in a single year in human history. And it confirmed conclusively that there was a 0% chance. There, was, there wasn't one confirmed case of asymptomatic transmission, and they actually used more than the PCR to try to determine this. They, they used PCR, they used contract, excuse me, contact tracing, they used um, uh, replication uh, techniques. So they used Vero monkey uh, kidney cells to try to produce replication competent virus. They did antibody testing. They went through basic scientific method. You know, people keep saying the science. How about we talk about the method, the scientific method? They used a really good, very strong scientific method to ensure that they knew who was a likely candidate for asymptomatic um, transmission and who um, and who was being contacted by those people. And what they confirmed pretty point blank was that there was they could not demonstrate in almost 10 million people one case of asymptomatic transmission. And then when you compare that against a study that was published a couple weeks afterwards in JAMA, uh, JAMA published a study showing that 59%, 59% of all transmissions in the United States were um, due to asymptomatic transmission. And that one stole the headlines away from Wuhan as it was intended to do, right? And then when you look into that study, though, you see, number one, it's funded by the NIH and the CDC. With, so that's a problem, conflict of interest right there. But then what was very interesting about that, Stephen, was there wasn't one person in that study. It was all probabilistic mathematical modeling. It was all guesswork. <laughs> You know, and it's like, so what do you want me to do as a, as a scientist, as a doctor? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to trust the study with almost 10 million participants in it that actually went and used the scientific method? Or do you want me to trust what somebody with a calculator put together because they think so? Right. And it's just, it's, it's, it, it blows my mind the amount of people that have gone along with the asymptomatic transmission theory, even after Fauci comes out and says, Asymptomatic transmission, if it's ever occurred, has never been a driver of infective spread. This is a quote from him. Yeah. And, and yet nobody wants to hear that. Then and you no start one wants to believe what he first said about masks. Right. Do anything. I mean, he said that several times in several different venues. Right. It, it won't. It won't protect you. It doesn't do anything. It, and, it, and yeah, go for it. Talk about what the federal government requires manufacturers of masks to put on their boxes. What is? What, is it, what, what do they require? They require them to say, 
it will not protect you from COVID. Right. <laughs> so this is the, this is the biggest joke, right? And and you're looking at this. It's like, why are we even arguing about masks? This should have never happened. It should have. Listen, what have we always done? We have to step back for a second and just remember, what have we always done when somebody's sick? Stay home, have some chicken soup, just lay on the couch with a blankie, right? Make sure you're hydrated. Watch a little TV get some sleep, you'll be better, right? That's what we've always done. And that's, that's what we, that's, there's no reason for us to deviate from that. When we, when we get to this situation, you know, what, what really bothers me about this whole situation is they wanted to construct a belief system in the people based upon fear that this particular virus is going to be treated differently than the body treats every other virus, every other infection. And that's not the way the body works. The body treats everything the same. The body is very simplistic, especially the immune system. It's either when the immune system goes out on the prowl, it's either looking for self or not self. And when it sees something that's not self, it tries to destroy it. And that's how the immune system works for this as well. See, a lot of people, Stephen, think that because you get exposed to something, you're going to get infected, but that's not how it works. There's so many times we get exposed to things and we never get sick because we're not susceptible to that infection. And exposure just means you came across somebody who was sick. And infection means that you came across somebody who was sick, the virus or the microorganism, the infecting agent transmitted from that person to you and not only got into your body, but especially got into your cells. Yeah. And how do we know that that process has happened? How do we know a person's infected? Symptoms. <laughs> That's how you know you're infected. You have symptoms. So That's your body fighting back. It, exactly. It's your body fighting back. It's your body. It necessarily has to occur. 100%. So tell me, what, what's the purpose of the masking as you see it? Well, it's, it's to exert control. Um, masks have, are, are powerful uh, symbology. There's a lot of powerful symbology with masks. Um, when you wear a mask, you, know, uh, you become someone else. You're pretending to be someone else when you wear a mask, whether it be a Halloween mm -hmm. mask, or uh, ancient rituals by um, uh, Indians um, or native people in other countries. Uh, it's, it's about taking on someone else's persona. You step out of yourself and become someone else. Um, we have the mask is, is um, closely associated, the symbology of mask is closely associated with a gag. Mm -hmm. We talk about the gag rule and a gag order. Mm -hmm. um, the, the so you know powerful mouth coverings are unconsciously and universally associated with a gag. So it's to make us shut up, mm -hmm. not talk. Mm -hmm. It's to teach us to obey what the yep. government tells us to do. Yep, and it's to scare us. It's yep. to scare us into believing that we're a danger to each other. Yeah, that's, that, that's um, exactly those, it is. Those things um, are designed to create, you know, a mass psychosis 
in the population where the population goes insane. Um, and it has gone insane. Population ha has gone insane. We're suffering a huge mass psychosis in the United States. It's well-known phenomenon of, of a human psyche um, that we do crazy and irrational things um, in a state of mass psychosis. It wasn't too many hundreds of years ago that we were burning women at the stake because we thought they were witches. Right. Right. That's, mm -hmm. you know, we think about that, you know, how can that possibly be? How could humans possibly do it? But they did it. Yep. And they killed in some uh, villages in Europe, they killed all the women, burned them at the stake. It, it's, um, it's amazing. It's, it's unfathomable. And we've been spoiled, perhaps, growing up in the United States, thinking that we are better than our forebears and forgetting what what are um the human condition and and what humans are capable of um we're still capable we haven't changed mm -hmm. we still have, still have the same brain design as as uh the folks from 500 years ago and then you have you know the 1930s in germany that was mm -hmm. another mass psychosis that that uh, ended up killing seven million um uh jews and other and other um uh, others in in Germany, um, so it, and and for whatever purpose, um, uh, they're driving another mass psychosis, and they've been very successful at creating it. And part of driving a mass psychosis is to create fear and to have um, cycles of fear. You know, let off the gas, then put it back on. Let off the gas, put it back on. And you, we had a period of time um, last year where we didn't have to wear masks. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, boom, school year comes back and, and we're wearing masks. Uh, I have to wear a mask. Right, right. And you know what You know what blows me away about that, Stephen? We have zero randomized controlled clinical trials to show the effectiveness of masks. Two years. And billions, excuse me, trillions of U.S. taxpayer dollars spent, and they haven't been able to substantiate the necessity or effectiveness of this intervention, of this medical intervention at any point in time. You know, we've seen studies uh, come from the CDC Europe showing that at best masking resulted in a 1.2%, 1.2% reduction of infective spread. And that means that that's just in effective spread, that means it had no effect upon hospitalizations and no effect upon preventing death, which is what a medical intervention is supposed to be able to do, right? Um, when we look at Oregon, for example, right now, uh, what's going on with the mask mandates? Did OSHA make the mask mandates permanent? Yeah, they had the opportunity, the state had the opportunity to do the right thing. Their, their mask mandate, um, a temporary mask mandate expired uh, a few days ago, um, and uh, the day before that expired, um, they issued a permanent rule, um, giving themselves the power to issue a mask mandate anytime they want to. Um, the, same day, people, the same day that they announced that they were going to lift the mask mandate on March 31st. Um, <laughs> so, um, but they but they made the rule permanent. 
so that they can go back to that um, trick, um, they think, uh, whenever they want to. Did the people agree with this? I know there was public comment on this issue. It sounds to me like for them to do something like that, the public comment must have been overwhelming in support of masking. Is that what happened? Uh, my understanding, it wasn't a single supporter of that um, in the public testimony they got. They got universal criticism for uh, extending um, and making permanent the mass mandate. It would become, I think, the only state in the country that has a permanent uh, mask mandate. And now, it's really uh, quite insane. It, it, it's insane. It's definitely it's the definition of insanity. We, you, you brought to my attention Sheriff uh, Cody Bowen from um, Union County. I'm going to read a letter that he wrote to uh, Kate Brown. This letter is uh, from August 13th of 2021. So he's he's actually been on this for a while. He says, I, I write to you today in hopes of opening a dialogue and as a last resort to put you on notice that we, the people of Union County, Oregon, have had enough, exclamation point. Enough of your overreaching mandates, enough of your bullying threats, enough of you dictating our state by fear. You have once again initiated what many consider to be an unconstitutional mandate requiring our children to wear masks while in school. You have gone so far as to threaten our teachers' livelihoods and their ability to provide for their families with fines and certification revocations if they don't enforce your mandate. You have backed our school board members into a corner even though the east side of the state has expressed a desire to have local control over these situations. Leaders listen to their constituents. You have continued in a long line of politicians who ignore the will of the people on the east side of the state. You sit, on the, in, you sit on the opposition side of the state and dictate with a heavy hand. You ramble off your orders to Oregon Health Authority and Oregon Department of Education, telling them to carry out your mindless orders or face the consequences of your threats. You are inflicting more damage to our children than any virus ever could do. And you hide behind the misrepresentation that you care for us all. You, ma'am, care nothing about our children or the people of Eastern Oregon. As sheriff of Union County, I took an oath to uphold the Constitution and stand up and defend the people of this beautiful country and county we call home. We have the God-given right to freedom and the God-given right to choose what is best for ourselves and our children. Let us do so. We will raise our children how we see fit. We choose to wear, we will choose to wear a mask or choose not to wear a mask. We will choose to get vaccinated or choose not to get vaccinated. Your mindless dictates no longer will be tolerated. What do you think about when you read something like that, Stephen? What do you think about people and sheriffs who are stepping up and saying that and challenging that kind of ex unchecked um, executive authority? I think it's uh, a terrific um, um thing that, that for, for Sheriff Bowen to do, uh, it, it's just fantastic. And uh, I, I understand that, um, that uh, OSHA, for example, Oregon OSHA can't set foot in a business in Union County because the sheriff will trespass them out of there. So mm -hmm. um, uh, it's a, we need to have um, many more like uh, Cody Bowen. I don't really know that there aren't more, but uh, they haven't come to my attention, uh, but sheriffs have uh, a lot of power, and uh, I wish they were exercising it uh, like Cody Bowen in Union County. 
Amen. Amen. I, I agree with you 100%. It's going to be local taking back control. It's going to be local people like Sheriff Cody Bowen and local um, county council members and people like that that just have said, I haven't had enough and we're not going to go along with this anymore. And I think it's going to be incumbent on them to stop taking money from the governor for these kind of things, because that's how they're getting their their complicity is they if you do what we tell you to do, we'll give you money. And if you don't, we'll ring you through the coals in the media. Right. That's pretty much what they've been doing. So you have to be willing to take a few arrows and get rung through the coals in the media if you want to do what's right for the people that you are under oath to serve. And I think that's where we're at. And it's a sad place for us to be there. But it's even sadder if we don't realize we're there and we do nothing about it. So we'll go ahead. There's one more hero, if we have time, uh, that I'd like to bring up. Uh, Can we bring him up right after the break? You bet. Okay. So when we come right back, we'll be back uh, with uh, a little bit more with Stephen Jonkis and attorneys like him. And we're going to hear about what he's doing in terms of some of his uh, legal approaches, um, because he's suing Governor Kate Brown. We want to hear a little bit more about that. And before we go, though, I want to leave you all with a thought. Before we go to break, uh, just a quick thought. There's an image I have in my head right now that as we're talking about masks that I, I just can't get out. Um, very early on in 2020, you know, maybe it was like over the summer 2020, I was out in an outdoor eatery, um, you know, uh, little, you know, food cart, uh, food court, you know, where there's uh, food trucks around and stuff like that. And I was getting, you know, a little snack and stuff like that. And there was a mom with, with a stroller and, uh, and another little kid in tow, a little sweetheart, little girl. And she was wearing a mask. She must have been about two years old, three years old. Couldn't have been more than, older than three. And I thought, my God, what a shame that we're putting masks on these babies, right? They're not supposed to be wearing masks if they're that age anyway for a choking hazard and, and things of that, those concerns. But I was just thinking to myself, my God, the psychological damage we're doing to these kids. And so I had my, uh, I had, I was wearing a mask at the time and I took it down to, to show the little girl my face and smile. And I was also snacking on a couple of uh, little items that I had purchased. And when I, um, you know, very far away from the little girl, I wasn't trying to press myself on her or the mom or anything like that, but I could see the little girl really scared. And she was like kind of clutching her mom's thigh and, you know, trying to get her mom's attention that, hey, there's a threat right behind me. And so I, you know, pulled down my mask and I smiled and I said, sweetheart, no, it's okay. There's nothing to worry about, you know, trying to be reassuring. And she let out the most blood curling scream I've ever heard. And the mom turned around sharply and looked at me and, and I said, hey, I was like, she's scared. And your mom said, I know. And I said, well, we, you know, why are we putting masks on these babies? You know, um, the damage that has been done is substantial and it's going to be felt for generations. And we can't let these kind of things go unaccounted for. There was never any science on masking to support it. There was never any science on social distancing to support it. There was never any of that there. And there was certainly never any science to support masking, distancing, locking down people who are healthy. It's never been done before, never been done before. 
So if you're interested, and I hope you are, I want you to join us at covidcon21.com. Look at our grand jury petition and uh, look at the facts that we have behind it and join us. Join the more than 100,000 Americans who've signed this petition, this call for justice, because that's what this is at now. We have to seek justice to make sure that this never happens again. We'll be right back after these messages with more Energetic Health Radio. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're here again with special guest Stephen Jonkis. Um, and, you know, right before we went to break, he said there was someone else that he wanted to mention. So I want to give him a chance to talk about that. Let's. So, who, Stephen, who did you want to bring up? Well, another hero in this area of mass mandates is Alsea um, School District, A-L-S-E-A, which is a mm-hmm. small school district west of Corvallis, who lifted their mass mandate uh, a week and a half ago. They said, we're not enforcing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came at a cost because, because these school districts were being bribed by the federal government and the state mm-hmm. receiving money uh, from asking the kids. Right. Um, and the superintendent of Alsea School District is none other than Mark Fielman, mm-hmm. who is one of the Republican candidates for governor in Oregon. Correct. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, Mark is a standout. He's head and shoulders above the other candidates, uh, I've, I've publicly endorsed him, and uh, it's actions like this that show um, why he should be our governor and, and uh, completely change the landscape of uh, the tyranny that, it's, that is now um, hovering over Oregon. So we, we just had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Superintendent Thielman um, last week. And one of the things that really stuck out with me was, number one, he was the only school district really in the state, um, well, not really in the state, but definitely in the state, but really in the entire country to um, be open uh, against the will of the governor um, in the state that he's in. And 
I think that stood out. And I think what was really impressive about that was they were anticipating his school being forced to be closed down because of it becoming a super spreader site. And in fact, what happened was because he was using, um, you know, science, <laughs> because he was looking at the research and understood that the children are not at any appreciable level of risk. Um, and because they wanted to use like clean um, uh, or, or, you know, environmentally friend, friendly cleaners that were approved by the EPA uh, for managing everything, um, they had exactly zero cases of COVID um, when they stayed open. And that was much to the chagrin of Governor Brown and her team um, and where he should have been hailed for that. And and they should have, I think, gone to him and been like, okay, what are you doing right? Let's see if we can spread this out throughout the entire state. They vilified him, you know, and they tried to make him out to be this incredible bad guy just for simply caring about his kids and the parents that he serves, you know, and I think that's, he stood out for me as well. Um, and uh, it's nice to see that there are people of integrity in these positions and people who are willing to fight the good fight um, on behalf of our kids. And certainly Mark Thielman falls into that category. So thanks for bringing him up. Um, when we look at what you're doing in the state of Oregon, because you're creating a little bit of chaos and some problems yourself, <laughs> all right? I really loved your opening line at Salem, at the Salem rally uh, last week, where you said, uh, your, what was your opening line? Hi, my name is Stephen Jonkis, and I'm suing Governor Kate Brown or something. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you was know. the biggest cheer of the day. Yeah, I think it was. I think you, as soon as I saw that line in your speech, I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to get the biggest cheer of the day without a doubt. That tells you yeah. where the people are with, with the governor, right? So what, what can you tell us about that lawsuit? And, uh, and, and what can you do to tell us about how we can support you in that lawsuit? So um, I sued um, Governor Brown um, in October, uh, seeking to overturn the vaccine mandate. I, mm -hmm. um, the theory of my lawsuit is that every person has a constitutional right, um, a due process right under the 14th Amendment um, to refuse medical treatment. Okay. And the vaccines are certainly, or the purported vaccines are, are, are certainly a medical treatment. Right. Um, and that constitutional right has been recognized to refuse medical treatment, um, has been recognized by the Supreme Court in um, a number of cases, including a case called Cruzan, 497 U.S. 261 in 1990. Wow. Um, when it, and when it comes to experimental um, uh, vaccines, like these are every mm -hmm. single vaccine in this uh, in the country is is under emergency use authorization. They're experimental. That means they're mm -hmm. experimental. Mm -hmm. um, the question is, what are the meets and bounds of your constitutional right? What does it mean to say that you have a right um, that's protected by the Constitution. What is that right? Well, that right would be defined by the Nuremberg Code. The meets and bounds of that right are that you cannot be coerced mm -hmm. um, into taking uh, experimental medication. Mm -hmm. That's the word coerced is right out of the Nuremberg Code. Of course, mm -hmm. the Nuremberg Code is broader than that, covers more things, but that's, that's one of the fundamental aspects of the Nuremberg Code. Um, the voluntary consent of someone to take experimental 
medication is absolutely essential. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by mandating that state employees, um, health workers, and school workers in the state uh, be vaccinated or lose their jobs, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty coercive. It doesn't um, get much more coercive than that. Um, so, and, and the, the, the Nuremberg Code, you know, is not itself is not any statute in the U.S. Code, but it has been recognized as a law above all others by U.S. courts, by the Ninth Circuit of all, of all circuits, our circuit. Um, it's also recognized as... Um, uh, juice cogents, which means above all other law mm-hmm. and without derogation, which means no compromise. You can't, can't mm-hmm. have any compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, these, the, and these rights were are so inherent in human beings and so fundamental that um, they were applied ex post facto in World War II. So mm-hmm. What does that mean? They, were, they, they didn't write down the Nuremberg Codes until after the war was over. Then they went back in time and said, you doctors who violated these rules, these fundamental rules, are guilty, criminally guilty, and you're going to be punished criminally. Mm-hmm. Many of them were hung um, for violating these fundamental rights. Um, and, and that's just a indication of how fundamental they are because they were applied ex post facto, which our constitution protects us from ex post facto laws. Um, You can't write a law today and convict somebody who did something a week ago under that law uh, in the United States. And that's a fundamental tenet of of fairness. But uh, they viewed these laws as being so fundamental, um, part of human forever been a part of uh, human rights that um, it was appropriate to apply them ex post facto um, against the criminals in uh, World War II. Now, uh, so that that's... You know you've done something wrong. You, you know you've done something wrong on an epic scale when you have to, after it's been done, finally write down an unwritten rule that was just understood globally for the entirety of humanity. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's like, I can't believe we have to even write this down, but we need to write this down. And then you get the formation of the Nuremberg code. And then you get the formation of the Nuremberg code, which then becomes the framework in the United States for what later following the Tuskegee experiment it becomes the Belmont Report. The Belmont Report was supposed to be entered in, or the intention of it was to be entered in as our informed consent laws in this country uh, verbatim, but that didn't happen. Instead, our informed consent laws became uh, codified in the U.S. Code of Federal Regulations 45 CFR 46 um, with respect to experimentation, but there's those same words that you referred to in their coercion, that you cannot force mandate or coerce someone to participate in a medical experiment because the most basic thing that we are all agreeing to here is that the government, that no government owns as property rights, the body of the, of their citizens, 
right? Yeah. I mean, that's what, you, that's what it comes down to, that you are a free being and you have the right to make decisions as a free being, including refusing to participate in experiments. It's pretty yeah. straightforward, pretty basic and makes sense, right? With liberty interest under the Constitution. Uh, right. And, 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 and uh, you know, a poignant example to me of this experimentation that is going on mm-hmm. um, is the case of pregnant women. Tell me so more. So pregnant women were um, never part of the vaccine trials. And they never are part of any of any medical trial because they're the most vulnerable. Right. They're the ones who try to protect them the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Philemi, back in the 1950s, taught us mm-hmm. that. I remember yep. growing up, my mother ranting about thalidomide, which had been a, a drug to us that had been prescribed by doctors, I think mostly in Germany, uh, to prevent morning sickness. And right. it, it uh, had devastating consequences on, on uh, and created all sorts of mm-hmm. um, uh, abnormalities, abnormalities in, in the children with short arms, with hands attached to their uh, shoulders and all sorts of other issues. Yep. And that was, Really, the what created the FDA came out of that. Mm-hmm. Gave birth to the FDA and, and controls on 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 drugs. Anyway, anyway, um, the the case of pregnant women, which were never in any vaccine trial, the FDA went ahead and and uh, approved Comirnaty, uh, mm-hmm. a drug not available in the United States, but the Pfizer version of uh, the vaccine called Comirnaty. Mm-hmm. Um, and the governor mandated um, people take it, including pregnant women. And uh, pregnant, I have clients in this lawsuit, plaintiffs in this lawsuit who are pregnant at the time, lost their jobs because they refused to take the vaccine. And what do we know now? The CDC went after the fact. Now they were testing. Now we're experimenting on the public. Mm-hmm. They went and looked at... Um, 800 some odd women, pregnant women who took the vaccine. Right. And they published a paper on it. Right. Um, and they found, you know, the data in that paper shows that women who took one of the purported vaccines in the first two trimesters um, of that population of women, 82% of them had spontaneous abortions. Yep. 82%. That, that is mind boggling. This is the most dangerous medication ever put out for the public. It's not safe and effective. And, and, and the, the authors of that study blatantly lied. They blatantly covered up their results. They yes, said they there did. was no safety signal in their abstract. But you had to look at, dig into the details, look at table four, and you could just do the math. 82% of the women who took a vaccine in the first two trimesters had spontaneous abortions. Yeah, that's that's oh, uh, that's good old Tom Shimabukuro from the CDC uh, as lead author on that paper. If you were looking for that paper, in fact, uh, Stephen, if you send me a link to it, I'll make sure we include it in the show notes for people to read it, especially Table Four, um, because it was staring everybody right in the face. You know, you, you authorized expecting moms right? You authorize them to participate in a clinical trial under the 
lie that it's safe and effective for them when you had no proof to substantiate that safety or effectiveness for them. You know, you had no, you, you didn't even answer the, the most basic question, which is, do they need it? You know, I was beside myself when I saw that they had approved this for um, expecting moms and lactating moms, because I was like, moms were never included in any of the clinical trials. How do you have no data to, to show that this isn't going to result in congenital malformations and spontaneous abortions and stillbirths and all of those things, but they went ahead and did it anyway, because it's not about the pain that someone might, a mom might feel upon losing her baby. It's about their profit and they've put profit over people. I mean, it's just pretty straightforward. Um, I think it's even bigger than that. Tell us, tell us how so. It's bigger than that. Um, uh, again, back to this mass psychosis thing. They, they told us all that the solution to this problem was, was the vaccine. Um, and again, it wasn't about health. Again, it was about control. So they, I, the, the, um, the facts basically show what they were trying to do. They were, and they're still trying to do it by creating vaccine passports. Their goal was vaccine passports. Mm -hmm. And with a vaccine passport, um, they start off with the vaccines but then they can add other requirements once they have your, your data and um, they know where you go because your phone goes with you and you have to check in uh, periodically and all of a sudden they can have other requirements. And very soon um, they would say, well, you can't go to the grocery store unless you're uh, up to date on your vaccines. Right. right. Um, or maybe if you criticize the government, we're going to take away your vaccine passport. You can't, and you can't get money out of the bank unless you're up to date, unless you have a check mark on your vaccine passport. So now you're a slave. You're a slave to whatever the government wants, wants you to do. And you're subject to punishment if you don't behave. And this is what's going on in Lithuania right now. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not a theory, it's fact. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the spread of tyranny as a result of this um, was by design. It had to be. There's no way you can and, pull something off of this scale without it being planned. This isn't just opportunism gone unbridled. The, the, you can deduce that from the facts we know that this was intentional and, um, and planned. And their, their end goal was the vaccine passports. And um, uh, we are still struggling to um, free ourselves of that threat. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's becoming, I think, increasingly more difficult for democratic governors to approach that with Israel terminating theirs, with the United Kingdom terminating theirs, with Japan saying no to it, with Canada terminating theirs now, thanks to the trucker convoys. You know, way to go, way to go, guys and gals. You know, there's some gals out there too, but way to go, everybody. Um, it makes it it makes it increasingly difficult to propose something like that, especially after you see that these experimental inoculations have injured more than a million people and have also failed to protect um, more than six million people through January, right? You know, when we talk about vaccine failure, otherwise known as vaccine breakthrough. Um, Stephen, uh, I want to give you a chance to have a final thought here before we um, 
say thank you for spending some time with us today on Energetic Health Radio. Uh, so what are your final thoughts? You know, give, give some either hope or advice, something to people, because, you know, we have a lot of people who've been in the fight for a long time and we're definitely winning, but we haven't won yet. So what do you think, uh, what, what advice could you give us to be supportive of these uh, upcoming legislative actions or just to keep our own sanity in these crazy times? Well, I think uh, the tide is beginning to turn. Um, I mean, I love the things that Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida. Um, the Canadian truckers is such a terrific story. Uh, people are, are are standing up to protect their freedoms. Um, in, in Denver, Colorado, they've announced the end of all mass mandates. In Massachusetts, the governor, the Democratic governor, sent a letter to the college university presidents urging them to end all COVID mandates mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and even talking about the social isolation and mental health epidemic among young people because mm -hmm. of the masks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, if you couldn't have said that a month ago, you would have been shut down on, mm -hmm. on Twitter or YouTube or any of the big channels. That was verboten. I wasn't permitted to have that thought. Mm -hmm. I thought police would come after you and, and uh, hit you over the head. Uh, the University of Florida is canceling testing of healthy people. That's another uh, fraud is, mm -hmm. is, is testing healthy people. All mm -hmm. that creates is, is false positives and more, and more scared people. Uh, the University of Florida announced they're going to they're gonna treat COVID-19 like the flu. So, um, you know, and, and the, um, the narrative uh, that we're now hearing from um, the mass media uh, is they're trying to change. They're trying to backpedal and uh, retreat, which it's good news in terms of reducing um, the threat. Um, but we can't forget. We cannot forget that these people are mouthpieces um, for the government and they are not uh, uh, giving us uh, information that we can trust and rely on. Um, the, the recent signaling they're giving is is a good is a good step in the right direction in terms of maintaining our freedoms, but uh, they're not going to give up and they're going to keep coming after us in different ways. So uh, I just encourage everyone, and I think everyone listening to this this show is probably on the same page. But uh, you know, good things are happening. Things are beginning to turn around, and um, the, the the thing you have to do to fight tyranny is to not comply, not not live the lie that they they're they're trying to give us, feed us, um, and just and just follow what's true. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Stephen, for being with us today and for all your efforts, everything you're doing on behalf of the people of the great state of Oregon and beyond. We really appreciate, um, really appreciate all the service that you're doing for your country here, sir. Thank you very much. It was, it was great to join you today. Thank you to our special guest, Stephen Jonkis, uh, and for what he's doing, because it's going to take a lot of acts of courage like that from a lot of people all around the country to make sure that people who have committed wrongdoing are held accountable for it. What can we do? Well, I think it's time for us all to take the masks off, stop the charade. I think it's time for us to 
put vitamin D into our bodies and all these other wonderful nutrients that have so much clinical evidence and stop living a life in fear. And I think it's well beyond time for us to demand that our freedom of choice be acknowledged and honored. Now, next week, we'll have a special update on the progress of the grand jury uh, petitions that have been filed and uh, what you can do to help fight for your freedom alongside us. It's very important to me that we do this peacefully, but it's also very important to me that we do this effectively. So remember, <clears throat> on our path to victory, we have four divine challenges. To take no offense, that's a tough one. To speak truth, just have that courage to speak truth. To be selfless and to remain humble. There's no gloating, there's no victory lapse. May our creator shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. Until next week, I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. And I say to you, aloha and adios.